Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Beer and Bullshit. I'm Corey McGee. This is my guest host. Guest host? <laughs> guest host, Jason Boston. Oh, wow. He's, uh, he's been on every podcast, but he's, uh, he's a guest host. Yeah, uh, okay. I misspoke there. My co-host, Jason Boston. And tonight we are at Compass Brewing again. Mm-hmm. We're just uh, doing the rounds eh, yeah. at the breweries. And, Might as well. Uh, having some fun. Make it easy. And we're joined by our special guest, Kristen Murray. Councillor for the city of Timmins, Ward 5, recently elected. Most our... votes. That's true. Oh, eh? You topped the vote. Yeah. 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 So uh, tell us, what's a bigger honor, being on city council or being on beer and bullshit? <laughs> oh, gosh. I have, to, I have to make sure I say the right thing. Oh, no, you, you can swear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, can, you can say what you want. I told you that we weren't going to cut any of this stuff unless you like actually specifically tell us to cut right now. Well, definitely being on council. I, I put a lot of work into that. So <sighs> Okay, yeah, not a lot of work to get on here. <laughs> and we don't put a lot of work into this. <laughs> That's true. Well, we're very happy to have you here because uh, we've been, uh, we had Michelle Boileau on last, yep. uh, last episode. And uh, we're looking to speak to our new representatives for mm-hmm. a new council that's just been recently elected and ta- sort of pick your brain about how things are, are looking for the next four years and really what kind of got you into this whole municipal... <laughs> I, I want to call it a municipal mess, but oh. I want to like, avoid... avoid <laughs> not yet. It's not a mess yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Looking at how the, how the campaign could have gone and some of the online discussion, it, it seems like it can be characterize it as a mess but what just first question what did you what got you into uh municipal politics and what made you want to run for council good question so i was involved in a lot of nonprofit work uh throughout my 15 plus years working in timmins and i think what they were missing on council is the representation from a certain demographic absolutely well a few demographics but i think even as a child, just watching like question and answer period, kind of like, you know, channel 70 on cable where they have uh, the, the stuff that no one else wow, probably as watches. As a kid. <laughs> as a kid. Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I've always had an interest in politics, I, but I can't say I've been that interested. <laughs> I lived in Shaflo. There's not oh, much to do. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I met quite a few, like, female politicians that really you know, stuck out there for me. Um, I met Mikhail Jean, who was amazing in 2010. She came to the Friendship Center where I worked at the time, and my daughter had the opportunity to present her with um, a gift from, from our community. So it was pretty cool. I also met, um, this is going to be a little controversial. People are probably going to criticize me for this, but Kathleen Wynne. So I was... Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, I mean... She was a premier. Yeah. Like, what's so controversial? At the time. That's so controversial. Well, I think... I think well, during my campaign... People oh, had seen yeah. me yeah. Uh, post a picture of um, our, our prime minister, and they were like just going for me. Oh god! So I thought that yes. was interesting. I'm like, it's not too often you get to meet people yeah. in these positions, right? The so leader kinda... of country or province exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, but that, that I think that sort of speaks rather to the state of political discourse yeah. rather than to you as as a person or a candidate, right? Well, I would think so, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, but, so. Not, but not other people, not the people criticizing you. Absolutely, like luckily, you know, you have supporters, and you don't have to comment back or whatnot. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah. So I, I've always been interested in politics more so from the point of wanting to be on a like a school trustee. Mm. But when this election came up, there was so much happening in Timmins, and I'm like, okay, you know, I had a few people encouraging me, and I thought, is it the right time? Because you have to consider so much. You have to mm. consider your family, your friends, your work. And uh, I just, I went for it. So here we are. 
<laughs> and you made it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely made a big impact in Timmins because, as we said at the top, you topped the vote. And, like, I, I, for somebody who's not an incumbent, like, I'm pretty sure at the last, at the last election it was uh, Noella? Noella topped the vote? Or, or, she was an, or was it Mike or, Duty? Yeah, it might have been Duty. Or yeah. what, regardless, in the one two, of the two. Yeah, yeah, the 2014 election. The three of the, of the four elected, yeah. the, the three incumbents were... Uh, we're the top, we're the top yeah. exactly. of, of Ward 5. So and I was, a new phase. You know? Yeah, and I was, before I knew that uh, I needed to get a certain number of votes. So I looked at the previous election, how much votes did they need? And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to need... should have done that before too. Yeah. I'm going to need like 3,000 votes at least. I said 3,000 and I was talking to an office mate and I, I thought to myself, okay, wow, I don't know if I know that many people who actually <laughs> vote. <laughs> you got to know, it's only people you know that will vote for you. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, Jay made a comment there, and I was going to say, how it, how does it feel to have somebody sitting at the table here who has successfully run for, two in for a row council, now. Jason? Two yeah, in a row. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ran for council in 2014. Yes, um, failed mo- miserably. I don't want to say miserably, <laughs> but he did. All right, no, had a good showing. No, but I, I do find it uh, interesting that that's the approach that you took. You, mm. you looked at it and said, uh, so. Do you mean that from like a systematic point of view? Like you just looked at it and said, okay, we need this many votes. No, strategically, because okay. I didn't, when I go into things, it's not with the purpose of, okay, I, you know, it's, it's too much. I'm going to be defeated. It was like, okay, I need to do this. And what do I need to do to win and be successful? So I had to be myself, obviously, mm-hmm. but at the same time, get myself out there. So I'm sure you guys saw my face. Yeah, everywhere. definitely, yeah. <laughs> So that was one of my strategies because my name doesn't mean as much to people. I'm not from Timmins Mm -hmm. and I don't have a family that's well connected. So those are two things that I knew going into it. So I had to look at some of the things that people would consider a weakness and just find a strength in that. So, you know, having my face everywhere and really being involved in the community for over 15 years Mm -hmm. was something that benefited me very much. Mm -hmm. You know, just building those connections and relationships um, I never knew back then when I was building and forming those relationships that I'd be here. So that work paid off kind of on its own. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like that, that networking piece, mm-hmm. right? And it's, uh, so you mentioned that you did that mostly through your work or through volunteer work or? Through both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sat on a lot of boards in my spare time, I guess, uh-huh. as people call it. I don't have much of a social life in terms of uh, going out and partying. That's not my thing. But, you know, I sat on the board of Kids Sport. I sat on the board of Victim Services. I volunteer as a bench staff for Ringette. So I coach my daughter's Ringette oh, team, uh, provincial team. So we've been doing quite well. Okay. So I do, I, I dabble in a lot of things. You know, I always keep busy. There's a lot to do in Timmins. I think, you know, if people really open their eyes, they'd see the potential. And that's one of the other reasons why I ran is because, you know, we have people in our community that sort of, you know, paint a bad picture of Timmins. Well, negative. Yeah, a yeah. negative picture of Timmins. And I came here at 17 to go to college, and I stayed. I love it here. There's so much to do. I know it, it, you're laughing, it's, but it's such a great place, and I see a lot of potential, and I've, I've loved living here for the past while. So, Well, if you look at Corey and I, we both left Timmins for college, university, and we both came back. Yeah. And it's... it's Planted it's, roots here and yeah. everything. Yeah. It's, uh, you know... If, you, if you're willing to do something and make something out of it, it's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to sit back, be a little negative, it's, it's tough. Exactly. But I do have a question. Uh, so, like, where do you find that, uh, in, if, if there was something that you're able to notice, like, your, your base, like, support, did you find that you found it within that network of friends? Or did you find, like, going door to door and speaking about, you know, uh, 
you know, issue X or issue Y, that those you, you seem to get the support from that aspect. I found a lot of support in friends and network, like business people that I've connected with because I've been in the nonprofits for a long time. And I think that paid off. Um, I'm going to tell you about one, <laughs> one experience, my first experience going door to door. And it was on my street. So it was <laughs> shocking. Oh boy. Door to door was fun. I got to say. That yeah. Because you did some with I did too. some with James. Yeah. It, it is fun. I loved spending time with the older people, quite yeah. honestly. That was the best part of going door to door. But the first home, I'll never forget. I was knocking. I'm thinking, you know, these people see me. I parked not too far. I live on the street. And uh, she slammed the door in my face. No, <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. And, and, then, and then a gentleman saw me. So I thought he was coming over to kind of, you know, be nice. And he's like, it's a tough one, eh? And then he sort of cut me down a little bit too, and I thought, oh, wow. So, but I kept going. I kept going. And the reason behind that is because, you know, in, in life we get lessons, right? So that was the beginning of my campaign, is having a door slammed in the face and another one criticized me. But I thought, you know, I'm going to keep going, and if I can't handle that, then I'll never be able to handle office, right? Yeah, so of if it, it just it kind of gave me the, the opportunity to say, okay, you know what? Different tactics. So I, I let door-to-door knocking go because that was very early in the campaign. It was probably too early to be going door-to-door. People probably didn't know there was an yeah, election no, happening. <laughs> so I, I gave that a little break, and I just strategized in another way. So I, I, it was really about kind of um, overanalyzing a lot of different aspects of my campaign. Mm-hmm. and yeah. See, you mentioned that somebody, like the second person you met, mm-hmm. criticized you. Mm-hmm. And I... Like, this is where I'm, when I'm talking about, like, the state of discourse in town, that they can take somebody who's presenting themselves, who doesn't, who didn't serve on any previous council, hasn't had any, hasn't made any of the decisions, but still feels the need to to criticize what exactly? Like, I don't necessarily (laughs) understand where, you know, they, you tell them about your positions on certain, on certain issues in town and... Yeah, it wasn't, so the, the gentleman on the street, we hadn't even engaged in a conversation. And mind you, I was with my daughter at the time, my oldest daughter, who's 12. Okay. So I definitely didn't want to put her in, in uh, positions where she'd feel uncomfortable. Mm, but I also wanted her to teach my kids lesson throughout, lessons throughout the campaign that, you know, you don't, uh, you don't give up. You know, you, mm-hmm. you keep going. So I think this, this gentleman was interesting in the fact that he had had asked me if I'm from Timmins and when I said no he was like you have no business running so that that took me for a surprise and I, and that's wow. when I explained to him you know what since I've been old enough to choose a place to live Timmins is where I came so technically you know what when I was of the age to choose on my own free will this is where I came you know I mm-hmm. can't control where I was born I mm-hmm. can't control where my parents wanted to live uh, but this is what I chose so it was a uh, I, I always have discussions with people regardless of what their mindset is sometimes the discussions longer than, <laughs> than it needs to be. to be yeah exactly but hey you know everyone has an opinion so no I, I find that very interesting and and we've had a few people on the podcast that aren't Timmins like that have haven't lived in Timmins their entire lives and they've chosen to move here and live here and I always find and I remember talking to my my parents about this like these are the people that we need to hold on to as a community Mm -hmm. like these are are the people that are going to be expanding the community making it more diverse making it more uh, of a rich place to live Mm -hmm. and it, it seems like there's a bit of a divide on that front like kind of 
wanting to hold on to the old school, the old guard of Timmins, and uh, the lifestyle that comes along with that, and not really understanding that you can do that and still expand and, and have mm-hmm. a multitude of different things uh, available in, the t- in, in town. So I, I, I feel like people who, who, like yourself, who come to Timmins and aren't from here, and especially young professionals, not necessarily, you know, it's we not had, to... We had Jenner on? Yeah, 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 we had Graham Jenner on, who's a, a lawyer in town, and I said the same thing to him. I said, these, I feel like you guys are the most important people <laughs> to, keep it, to keep in Timmins, you know, yeah. because it's going to ensure... That we we diversify our our economy. That's mm-hmm. that's one huge thing. Like to to have people come here and earn enough money and don't and can actually build a life here, uh, without having to necessarily rely on the resource based uh, economy, right? Like the the natural resource economy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, it's huge. It's cool. huge for the community. So I I'm, I mean I, and the fact that you've presented yourself to run for council and won and now represent us on council. I think it's amazing. It's just showing like how Timmins is growing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So it kind of runs against the, I don't know. The narrative. Popular, yeah. Or, the narrative yeah. that some people would say this town is going, is oh. going down the drain. I don't Jesus. really know what they mean when they say that. When somebody tells me like this, this town is terrible. I said, well, yeah. what city have you been living in for the past <laughs> 10 years? Like Jesus. <laughs> and it's like really like I don't know what argument they would have or what example they can show that makes it that much worse than it was when we were growing up like it's better guess what I got my bike stolen when I was a kid <laughs> that happens that's what is part of it you get is your bike stolen is that what you're worried about no but it's like it's who like shit happens and and like like we have now you know we have business coming to town we have Obviously, two great breweries in town now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one being that Compass. we can't just pick which one we like. I right? guess we just love them both. No, it's every two, whichever one we're at. That's one we like the most. <laughs> we gonna, right. We're not going to drink that other swill over at the other spot. <laughs> wink, wink. But uh, no, it's uh Where was I going with this? Oh no, it, there's <laughs> new stuff. There's, there's all the time. I totally started do. talking about beer, and it was yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. god, <laughs> more beer. Yes, and we have so. The, but like, we have business coming here. People try new things. You know, you have you know interesting new businesses coming to town all the time. People try things. It's it, there's a lot more than it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely, a lot yeah. more. And so that said, we, we've talked a little bit about you know how things are improving mm-hmm. and some of the issues that go along. Like, what do you see are the priorities here in Timmins to be, for council to be focusing on? There are a lot of priorities. So some of them I mentioned during my campaign. Obviously, homelessness is one of them by far, um, especially in the winter months. Like now you see the ambulance downtown quite often. We have a lot of people in our alleyways and it's cold out there. Like I am cold walking to my vehicle. I could not imagine living out there. So that is by far the most, um, I think, number one priority. Well, in my opinion, Uh, I'd have to say our our declining population absolutely because it, it just affects so many other areas right like mm-hmm. it, it affects our our economic development our growth uh, our community and uh so one of the committees that i that i chose to sit on was um tedc so oh, i think I yeah it's pretty important so i kind of aligned a lot of my, my campaign with the committees that i wanted to sit on to sort of have the my campaign sort of follow through as opposed to just getting elected and forgetting what I was running for in the first place. So I really did align. I'm very analytical, very strategic when I do things. I think about things mm-hmm. rather than just acting. So I think that'll really play well when, when I'm you know on council. So so you're saying that your priorities are essentially uh, in homelessness and probably like poverty type issues and also economic development because of you know client, uh, 
the population, does that fall in line with uh, kind of like your educational background and your work experience as well? Like you're saying you did a lot of nonprofit work and where you work now perhaps, yeah. but like education-wise as well, like is that all, does it all come together? Yeah, it all comes together. So originally I came to Timmins to continue studies in social service work. Okay. And I also, after being here, uh, one of the classmates had said to me, why don't you do a dual diploma? You only have to take a couple extra classes. I'm like, heck yeah. Like I'm a keener. I'm going to do this. So I took, I took drug and alcohol counseling as well. And I think, you know, I really set out to come here because my community at the time, there was a lot happening, a lot of addictions, whatnot. So, you know, I'm going to save the world. I'm 17. I'm going to save the world. Um, I didn't end up going back, but I've been saving the world over here. Uh, so I, I pursued that, graduated very young when I started in the field of child welfare. So that's kind of been my passion all along in my in my adulthood. But I've always worked with nonprofits and, uh, you know, had the opportunity to work up in Moosonee as well and throughout Timmins at various agencies. So I started in foster care, uh, housing um, children and youth who are placed in care and uh, moved up to be the supervisor, went on to be the director of programs and services at the Friendship Center. So I was really kind of expanded there. And that's when I learned that I had leadership skills. I didn't know before until until Veronica had pointed that out, who was my boss at the time. And she's like, you know, you, you really need to, uh, to hone in on that. So she gave me that position as well as uh, I attended university at uh, St. Francis Xavier in Nova Scotia. So they have a leadership institute within their, their university campus. It was just amazing, amazing, amazing program. Uh, the women in the program as well were, were great. There was 25 chosen across Canada. So we had to apply. There wasn't much of us, but I got in and it was just amazing. So I, I think when I, when I graduated from that program, I wasn't really putting my skills to use. I was kind of sitting on boards and committees, but not. I, I felt like there was something big coming mm-hmm. and not really knowing what and just kind of continuing on. And, and then, you know, boom, I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to take it a step further because I feel like I'm not being impactful enough. I always have to kind of be creating that, that change. And that's what they taught us in in that, in that program. Is to keep pushing for change Mm -hmm. kind of that, that, uh, pressure on reform, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's interesting. And, and I think there's, especially now at this moment, kind of in history, if you look at, uh, you look at the media and po- even world politics in general. There's there's really an emphasis on elevating women into positions of leadership, and and uh, and I I don't maybe elevating is not the right word, but because it's not it's more about promoting women wanting to to pursue those roles of leadership, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's awesome to see, and it's awesome to to kind of get a feel as to people people's leadership styles when they get into when they get into positions of power Mm -hmm. so like the way you approach your campaign and the way that you're you're saying that you're going to approach this term i find i find that interesting that that you're you're mentioning you're going to look at this for you're going to look at issues from a systematic point of view and just kind of look at things strategically and i i really do want to get into the weeds with you on this (laughs) stuff because i i you know we have talked endlessly about things like stars and thunder and the aquatic center and Mm -hmm. all of that and i i feel like Everything just became yelling in the last term. Oh, and I yeah. don't know if you agree. Like people just came to identify with their side of the debate. Yeah. And they just couldn't look at the issues for what they were. 
So one of my campaign goals was a balanced approach to governance. And that's definitely something that I've taken with me throughout my career is, you know, making sure that we all we all have an argument or we all have something to say, but doing it in a way that's balanced, right? Your objective, you, there's no reason to yell. There's no reason to create any spectacles. Um, I think you can get your message across just saying it in the right way, mm-hmm. right? And and as human beings, we should be able to, to do that, right? I think right now we have a council that's very diverse and we're getting along well and there will be disagreements, rightfully so. But I think we have a different dynamic right now you know, once we get going, I'll find find out what that looks like. But a different dynamic that allows us to communicate effectively. You mentioned that you you watched a lot of politics, like question periods, and that <laughs> as, as a kid. Were you a fan should, of watching should, the the city I, council meetings? Should I have not admitted? To no, the no, no, no. That's very okay. That's a very informative piece of information. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna file that away yeah, for yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. No, but were you a fan of watching the city council meetings? And and was that a bit of a catalyst to you deciding to run for council on uh, in this election because i i know i'd watch this stuff and sometimes i would i would ask myself like i i feel like anybody i know could do a great a way better job than what's going on right now but uh yeah it, it just got to be a bit of a circus right noella said they had a drinking game <laughs> like yeah, people did. had a drinking game. Not they, not council. Oh, like, I'm like, like, they, they they that's, yeah. a good, that's a good. Uh, <laughs> I was already told we're not allowed to yeah. run. What was it? They were. <laughs> it's every it's something like that. They people would get every time someone would say something or like Mike Duty oh. would slam the or table or something. Yeah, there would be a drink, and she was telling us about <laughs> it. Yeah. Wow. But, but yeah, did you find that 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 whole circus atmosphere that? Uh, from time to time manifested itself at council would that be something was that something that sort of motivated you seeing that and saying listen we need i need to be involved in making this better yeah i i think what happens is when i was reading a lot of comments and just in the city people look to their government as an extension of themselves mm-hmm. and you know that is not a great represent representation of of who we are i don't believe anyways mm-hmm. uh, i believe in being able to communicate effectively and sometimes you know when i picked up a newspaper or saw something on facebook i was a little disappointed and uh, you know no disrespect to anyone on council formerly but i think we they de- definitely could have um just communicated you know mm-hmm. just Oh, they were communicating. communicating. <laughs> <laughs> different type of communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think there was a bit of an us versus them yeah, kind of uh, mentality. But uh, I'm I'm glad that to see and to hear. And Michelle uh, echoed the same sentiment yeah. last last time we spoke when we spoke to her. Mm-hmm. Is that everybody seems to be really on the same page about like kind of having a conciliatory tone? You know, everybody's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. looking to work, pull in the same direction. I guess. Yeah. So no, that's. Uh, that makes me happy to hear that. Good. So I have a question, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll have a few. Take Anyways, <laughs> clean it up, dear Lord. Look at me. Uh, was there anything like when you, you, you said you did some door knocking, but you just went out and spoke in the community and you kind of went to your connections. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest uh, thing that you, you've got back from individuals? Like what was like their number one concern? So like when you started speaking to them, yeah, they might have had concerns like, you know, the aquatic center and whatever, the, the stars and thunder crap. Uh, but did they also have like crap just because I'm saying crap because I just had enough hearing about it. We just talked about it too Ta- much. And we talked about it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, like, were there, were they also, you know, uh, pushing about, you know, like the current homelessness problem or, or addiction issues or, you know, just kind of like, you know, standard, you know, uh, 
right cost of living here or, mm-hmm. or standard of living in the area? Like, did they talk about those things? Like, what were the main, let's say, two or three points that you kept seeing routinely? Well, I definitely know that Stars and Thunder and the Aquatic Center were the top two. It was almost to the point where I thought that people didn't want to hear other things I had to say. Like, I was so willing to share my opinion mm-hmm. and just have mm-hmm. discussions. So, you know, that clouded a, a, a large portion of the campaign, unfortunately. But I think, you know, the debate allowed me to elaborate on the, on other issues that, that were happening within the city. Um, some things were definitely homelessness. I think the downtown, biz, the, the down, Timmins downtown was another big one that people brought up. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, not being able to have parking, wanting more shopping uh, downtown, wanting more businesses. That was what I heard a lot of, especially because people in Ward 5, being the area that I, that I represent, um, you know, the downtown core is, is in Ward 5. Mm-hmm. See, I always have a hard time with the uh, shop, more shopping downtown. I understand that's what people want. I understand what's, what needs to be done. But, you know, retail is dead. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. Hey, like, some Instead people pick up, yeah, pick up little, uh, you know, like GoPros and stuff like that on, on Amazon. <laughs> people pick up whatever. Like, they don't go out and buy as often, unless you're a very specialty shop. Mm-hmm. But when you specialty shop, cost comes with it. Yeah. And also, you know, because of everything, all costs of, of doing business is going up, up, and up, it's hard to... to to compete especially when you have a shop downtown which you need x square footage you need to pay it is tough Mm -hmm. it is difficult so like when people want that you know like fix like well unfortunately down like i would argue downtown it's gonna be more and more of an office area i i definitely would love and this is just my own personal Mm -hmm. thing i would love to see downtown be more you know eating out kind of Mm -hmm. drinks after work kind of Mm -hmm. vibe but you know i'll i I can't make that happen, yeah. but it was, it's something that I would love to see because I think there's a certain age group, and I think, you know, myself included, who'd, who'd like to have that opportunity to just unwind after work. Or just, Happy hour. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, those, like, I think... think Ron uh, Miranda style. Yeah, businesses yeah. like that can, can succeed downtown because they would essentially placate, not placate, but also, you know, go after the office crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because, hey, you have a lot of people working at, that, at the uh, CPP building. CPP, is that what's downtown? Neil yeah, Bergman, the yeah, the, yeah. yeah, Service Canada, Service Canada. Uh, and then you have, like, you know, you have everywhere. There's home insurance. There's a lot, a lot of young of professionals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So like, there, there's all you know, lo- lawyers. There's doctors or whatever downtown. Like, you can gear towards that. Unfortunately, people always, I think, want just you know retail. Unfortunately, retail is going to be tough, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the issue. And that's just my little no, advice. No, I, yeah. I would agree with that, and I, th- I think that uh, what, what you're saying, Kristen, is. The, the idea of having an, a downtown atmosphere where people feel like it, it's a bit of an extension of an entertainment kind mm-hmm. of yeah uh, entertainment kind of, kind of district, district in yeah. a sense uh, I I think that that'd be interesting having like patios and and more more people I don't want to say more people on the street but more like the urban parks a perfect yes. initiative to start yes for, to build from right absolutely and and I always find the atmosphere great you bring the kids out and it's it, it's just kind of a shame that it's only at that time of yeah. day, right, where people are working. And, and uh, so you get the people who who work or who are off, uh, who work in the downtown core or are, are off on that particular day that can come out and enjoy mm-hmm. it. But then when the evening comes and, you know, there is the opportunity for, let's say, uh, a bar or um, mm-hmm. uh, a restaurant that's open there to have a patio and have mm-hmm. people out having drinks after work, it, it just kind of doesn't it, it doesn't serve that uh, that population, mm-hmm. right? After hours market. But one of the things that I did find interesting, you you mentioned um, your top priority as a counselor. You feel that the priority for the city is homelessness. 
when when you said that, the, the first thing that went off in my mind is how does that play in a, in an election? Because I always feel like, you know, even myself as a homeowner and taxpayer in Timmins, I don't like that's not an issue that's so visible to me. I understand that it yeah. exists, but but it. But it, it encompasses so much more right you, your crime rate and other things that are mm-hmm. happening within our community so you know it's it, i didn't make it the focus of my campaign because i i wasn't about just singling into one area mm-hmm. that that just seemed f- foolish yeah, it, well, it wasn't not a good tactic strategic <laughs> right <laughs> Exactly. But I think, you know, uh, having personal relationships with some of the people, and I mean, when I talk personal relationships, I'm talking about, you know, working at the Friendship Center and and serving meals on Tuesdays and seeing these people come through the doors, right? I I know that they're homeless, so personally impacted by their, their stories and wanting to help them out. But I think if the city came to this issue as a whole, like we have a lot of very great nonprofit resources in town, but I think what happens when you're homeless, you can't go on Facebook and log on and say, mm-hmm. when's the next meal? Or like, realistically, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to look at it from a end user perspective of if I'm in those shoes, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I wouldn't want to go to 10 different agencies. I'm going to want to go to one place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have a lot of great people doing a lot of great things. And I mm-hmm. think if it was more of a collaborative effort under one roof, mm-hmm. there would be a lot done and our homeless population would be getting services in one spot. So it's sort of, you know, they're not um, going to various people, various agencies, mm-hmm. feeling frustrated, not knowing what to do. And living space seems to be a bit of a, a, a good starting point for something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm, and and maybe you can elaborate a little bit on. Um, I, I think Jay, you might know a little bit more about this than I than, than I you. Do. Yes, yes, most <laughs> definitely than I do. Most people do. But uh, <laughs> see, subtle jabs like this are are very normal. On, on <laughs> so I used to tell me how dumb I am. That's all right. Uh, <laughs> but no, living space seems to be a good a good initiative to start kickstart more initiatives right Mm -hmm. and having something that's like you say everything under one roof where and you mentioned this from an end user perspective where you see how this impacts the person or how the person's going to access those specific services Mm -hmm. all at once yeah right and and that's that's a good way of looking at it i don't know from the way i see it but but you're saying that right now all the services are kind of scattered around i think some of them are working together that's not any criticism at all i'm just i would just see uh an opportunity to work really well together like my daughter right now in her class they're doing a pop-up kitchen and uh, she said hey mom you got to be there you count you know like invitations everywhere <laughs> local now local <laughs> celebrity after this podcast uh so they're doing a really neat initiative I, you know i commend them for doing that but uh, i think you know as she's going through my daughter's picking up on things because she's heard me talk about things and she's asking the teacher, well, like, how are we going to advertise? And the teacher says, well, on Facebook. And she's like, well, these are people who don't have Facebook. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, they're going to find out. They're going to listen to the radio. Well, if they're homeless, they're not going to have a radio. So she's really like, yeah, you know, she's yeah. making me proud, I must yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's awesome to, to think of it that way because it's true, right, for the average person in, in Timmins. And this is why I found it interesting that this this you could actually connect the dots for somebody who Joe Blow you're going to their door knocking on their door and, and saying all right you know one of my priorities is homelessness how do you get that guy to vote for you because like to that person it's very likely that homelessness is completely invisible to them mm-hmm. yeah right? so when I did a lot of door knocking conversations it wasn't about me it was really about the people I was speaking with I never made it about this is what I'm going to do it was more like okay. this is who I am this what is are where your I'm priorities from. yeah yeah absolutely because I mean 
I, no one wants to vote someone in who's basically self-centered. Yeah, you're so. right. Are we... Uh, I'll take one. Yeah, sure. I'll take another two, one, please. Two. Yeah, two. I think... <laughs> this stuff's <laughs> just too delicious. How do you like it, actually? It's good. Yeah. It's really good. Or yeah, maybe this lettuce. is a good segue for uh, Jason to tell us what we're drinking here tonight. I can't remember what type it is. You don't I know, know it's, it the, it's the hibiscus. It's the hipster. And the hipster. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's a hibiscus beer. Uh, well, I can't remember what that means. <laughs> uh, but it's... it's Fruity and super tasty. Yeah, it's tasty. got some sweet notes in there. Yeah, yeah it's okay. uh, solid. I've actually it's it's becoming I think my favorite one here right now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty delicious. It's it's kind of a specialty thing that you just want to drink at uh, specific times. Yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they got some good offerings here at Compass Brewing. <laughs> Yeah, like so I can only place. drink this when I come back for another interview, or is that what you're you can saying? only <laughs> drink this? <laughs> no, you can drink whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can drink whatever you'd like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna bring you back for an interview in like six months when uh, the <laughs> city of Timmins has just you know worn you down. <laughs> no, no, I'm 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 admiring your optimism. <laughs> yeah, gotta be positive. No, no, no. Yeah. no, you know what? I I I think it's great. Um, and and like I said, it's a it's a welcome change and kind of a breath of fresh air to see somebody who's uh, positive about our Thank city. You. Because uh, sometimes it, it can get to be a little discouraging. Yeah. But yeah. I, uh, so you, you, homelessness is your, your focus, as we spoke many well, times. Well, not my only focus. Not only focus. But your, your primary or your, or your maybe your, what your you biggest What you feel focus. the city of Tins yeah. needs, yeah. needs to work on. Uh, maybe, I don't want to say priority, but yeah. We, we know where we're talking. Sorry. I apologize. I should have brought my whole list of priorities. You should have. Yeah, it would yeah, have been yeah. longer than an hour and a half. homelessness. <laughs> but uh, are you... What are a you, drag. No. Have you... Dis- Considered or looked at what ways now that you're going to be in a position of, you know, government position of, of power, uh, where you're going to be able to maybe try and uh, be able to uh, lobby senior levels of government. Have Have you looked at what those opportunities might be, or, or what uh, what routes you're going to try to take? I think. So we have to kind of keep in mind too that we have committees set up that mm-hmm. we're going to be sitting on, um, and I know George. Piri, our mayor, uh, has referred to having a task force developed as well. So I definitely want to stay true to some of the committees that I'm sitting on, but at the same time, I can, through my job as, as a health promoter in the community, do that work. So, mm-hmm. you know, the work that I'm doing on council will kind of be separate in a sense of what I'm doing through through my job. Okay. Um, so we, we do support living space through Missaway Community Health Center, and uh, we're looking at providing kind of programming at their site so you know I, I have a lot of um, plans we're planning with our traditional healer as well as our diabetes care staff in going in and just kind of assisting some of the homeless population that way and really getting a sense of what their needs are so mm-hmm. I think it's really important because what happens with communities sometimes we forget to involve and engage people in what in what they need right we're always just telling oh you need this you need this and I, and that was one of the biggest um, parts of my campaign was the social, social yeah. and community engagement. So it's really important, and I, I definitely want people to feel like they're involved in in the entire process, right? Because I'm representing such a huge population of the city, and uh, you know, I, they I don't want them to feel like, hey, I sh- just we're just making decisions on yeah, our own yeah, and not yeah. involving and not engaging. So I think um, very long answer to your question. No, 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 no. That's uh... <laughs> but it's not really a yes or no. So uh, you know, I. I I want to say that I'll be, you know, lobbying and rallying the, the government in terms of, um, you know, focusing on 
on homelessness, but I know I'll be doing that through work for sure. Okay. So it, it'll be in one way or another. Because yeah, I just see it like a lot of people think it's like it's a Timmins specific problem, but like the reason why Timmins might have an influx or a larger portion of homelessness, one could argue is because we are the you know the, the hub. We're 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 the, the local area, like the largest uh, area. Uh, municipality in the area so we get we get people from the coastal you know communities mm-hmm. we get you know matthias cochran cap all these all these places that, you know like if if you're homeless or near homelessness there you're like you know what i'm going to timmins there's gonna be more opportunities but yep. then once you get here unfortunately that's not the case yes and well um, you know for whatever reasons and like so like i like my argument or argument or thought would be you know like this is something that's not only timmins has to you know go after maybe me being one spearheading it, but it has to be something that you have to be able to bring in some senior levels of government in to say, you know what, this is not just our problem. We're we're we're, not, we're taking the load and taking the, the you know the, it's the the problems being burdened on us, but there has to be outside help as well coming in, absolutely, because it's not just you know it's, we're we're taking the problems that well, I'm, I'm saying problems, and I don't mean that pejoratively. I don't mean that you know looking down, but you know this issue is now being essentially focused here now because mm-hmm. yeah. we're the now that that said, and and having to be involved with uh, senior levels levels of government, you you kind of hinted to this earlier, talking about uh, uh, having met Kathleen Wynne and having uh, was it taking a Trudeau. picture with Trudeau? Yeah, right? okay. Yeah. My daughter was very excited to meet ah. him. I, I was very surprised. <laughs> I was going to ask you about your politics, like your personal politics. Mm-hmm. How how do you come at politics, and from what side of the political spectrum would you? At what, at what place in the Don't say what party. Sometimes. Maybe just, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. lean one way or more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be a party, really. I, yeah. I feel like party politics is too divisive. Yeah. I think, just to answer the question, people were very surprised that I ran in this election because they were like, wow, she's she never mentioned politics or whatnot. <laughs> like, I'm very much from a family who doesn't talk about politics and religion. Okay. So it was, that was very That's interesting. That's the podcast to be. <laughs> <laughs> very interesting um, for me to to go quite a few like when I told my aunt I was running she thought I was joking and I was like no I'm serious and then she saw the promo stuff and she's like oh I get it now All right, <laughs> like, you are serious yeah yeah, yeah. so um, I don't really like to talk about my own opinion of, of politics I I definitely have I'm very opinionated I think what what happens sometimes is I put my opinion out there when it's needed not mm-hmm. always just kind of throwing it around and uh, yeah so well I think you can argue you'd be like I'm not trying to put words in your mouth but you, you know socially liberal Lowercase, lowercase liberal, lowercase L. <laughs> no, obviously, socially liberal, and as you know, I'm waving it, a red flag. Around. You, know, you're, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you seem progressive. Like, you know, yeah. we, we don't know fiscally. Would you be, you know, considered more conservative side? Like, even then, like, you know, you could be a, you could be a, a fiscal conservative, social uh, progressive with the NDP party. Like, of you, you can be any of that yeah. stuff, or even the other way. Like, compared to someone in a mm-hmm. a right wing party, you can be, you know, socially, cons- uh, you know. Uh, Liberal and, and progressive, and, but be on a conservative side. Like it, it's the thing; it doesn't. I don't, I don't think you like. If you're afraid to put yourself out for whatever reason, really, I don't think that's. It's not really afraid to put it. Up. I think it's more about my decisions are based on situations and not necessarily just okay. This is who I am. It's kind of like mm-hmm. taking a, a real good look at okay, what is this situation and and making my my actions or judgments or whatnot based on that. So I. I I don't know how to pragmatist. <laughs> Situation will be like, so uh, it, your decision will be will be based on what's my mind's com- always what's going. There. So yeah. you know it's it's uh, never at rest. No, it, it, it's interesting because it, you know one one of the things that I found that motivated the people voting in this election was 
very, well, at least the online discussion tend to, tended to reflect this, is that the, there was a hunger for fiscal responsibility, mm-hmm. right? This idea of transparency mm-hmm. in government and you know, <clears throat> making, making sure that the tax burden was kept manageable for the community mm-hmm. and that there was the city wasn't getting involved in things it shouldn't be getting involved Absolutely. in. Spending money it didn't have on things it didn't need. So, and, and again, that, those are all subjective statements, right? What you need, that, that all can be, uh, can be debated. But what I found was interesting is that it appeared that we elected some very progressive councillors, yeah. councillors that were willing to not necessarily just batten down the hatches and say we need to do everything we can to keep the tax burden as low as possible. But we... <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I don't want to put words in George Peary's mouth either to say that we elected a mayor who's extremely conservative because I didn't find he was that kind of candidate. But the extremely conservative people in town voted for George Peary, for sure. So I that that's where I'm finding that there's a bit of a disconnect. With, with, <laughs> like I, I'm finding, I, I'm having a hard time seeing how we're going to pr- proceed with with all these initiatives or exploring all sorts of initiatives for expanding the community but at the same time we need to keep taxes as absolutely low as as they can be right Mm -hmm. so i know that's a complex thing to navigate and and it's fair enough to say that you know you'd look at every situation on its own but is there um kind of a central mode of thinking that kind of animates this for you like do you feel like you look at this and say all right above all we need to make sure that the tax burden is manageable on people or we say you know what people are going to have to pay a little bit more in order to maintain service levels in the community right that's a really hard one because i think you can sort of it has its ebbs and flows like where can you cut back in certain areas to sort of make up in another Mm -hmm. um you know i i never touched the fiscally responsible thing during my campaign because it's not a promise that i can make at all especially on my own you're you're dealing with a whole council of people so regardless of if i think i can make that happen there's other people who might be you know voting another way so Mm -hmm. i i like to be honest in my approach and that's why i never kind of said okay i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know change the way our taxes are i definitely want to push for for ways that our taxes can obviously stabilize Mm -hmm. or decrease but I can't make that promise. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stood throughout the campaign with that. Yeah, and that, that, that's fair enough. And, and I guess even looking at every specific issue and just saying on their own merits, is this good for the community mm-hmm. or is this not good for the community? Mm-hmm. Now, whether it costs, you know, what it costs or what it doesn't cost has to factor into that equation because yeah. ultimately it will, you know, having something we can't afford is not good for the community. Yeah. Right? And everything's going to have a cost, right? If yeah. if we don't buy something that, mm. you know, people think we should have, the cost would be, okay, we don't have that uh, social economic growth. In our exactly. Community. So yeah. it, there's always going to be both sides of it. Not all costs are financial, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or even some of the social costs might end up being financial long run, yeah. which means you know it's yeah. not you can't sure. attract the, the the young professionals, you can't attract the families, mm-hmm. can't attract or you or they leave because that's not going to be here. So yeah. you know, there even social issues can have significant financial repercussions in the long run. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, no. I uh, <laughs> I agree with you, Jason. For one, <laughs> oh, they're for getting along. One of, one of the few times on this podcast, no, no, we we don't argue I'll as much it. as we thought we were going to argue <laughs> when we first started this thing. 
Like we we thought we were just gonna have screaming matches between each other, and we would do it in my basement, and we'd be like, "Cause we oh, usually yeah, did." Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, before we started the podcast, we didn't get this podcast has made us insanely good friends. Oh, okay. I wouldn't say insanely good. <laughs> There's a disagreement. You just fake it. Also, wouldn't say friends. <laughs> I should have sat in the middle, maybe yeah, I think less so. tension. I think so. Uh, no, no, I, I, I find, um, doing this podcast and having our conversation, mm-hmm. it, one thing that's been awesome about doing this has been meeting people like yourself mm-hmm. and just being able to, to have those conversations with people in the community. And honestly, we thought we would have nobody watching this except our parents. And it, it's been actually pretty overwhelming. Like yeah. people, people watch the show and oh boy, we I should get a sit lot up of straight and no, 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 <laughs> most of the people who watch the show, they watch it for the informality. Because it's yeah. that that's kind of the, the nice thing about the format, right? Yeah. Is it's just you get to talk to somebody for a long while. It's not you staged know, you know. or rehearsed. No, yeah, exactly. And there's not like, okay, we have 15 minutes with you, so we're going to sit here with like pre, pre-planned questions. Mm-hmm. That are I, sent beforehand and I'm just... Yeah, you know. and you're just... You <laughs> we know, do send you to location <laughs> beforehand, let alone questions. <laughs> Oops. I thought yeah, I was getting no, punked, by the way. Little, that was a little weird. <laughs> we'll, we'll do better at organizing for any future guests. So, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, how has been your experience with media, with local media? Uh, it's been good. It's definitely been good. I, I think I didn't expect it to be so frequent. So that, that was something I found a little shocking. Like, you know, I'm not one to be like, hey, I, you know, I got to be in the spotlight. Um, so they show up quite often, but, and it's fine. You know, they're, they're great. You know, Len and, um, Lydia are usually very friendly. And if, if you ask them to edit something out, if you kind of fumbled up your words, they're, they're good about that. So uh, yeah, they're, they're always there. And nice. Maya Hoggett's usually there as well. So no, yeah. and and I find that uh, they've there's been a lot of focus on the fact that we have the most uh, women on council mm-hmm. that we've ever had. I think I I may at one time wrong. at, at once, one time right yeah. yeah exactly. So I think there's been a lot of like media focus on that on seeing and and I I read one article and I think it was a Timmins Today article that where uh, the question was asked like do women govern differently. <laughs> Like what's the uh, what's the different style? <laughs> uh, J- Jay's going like in my house, yes. But, uh, <laughs> not say it on camera. They only govern. <laughs> They're the only ones. They don't govern anything. <laughs> no, but uh, but she made a good point, uh, or she made um, Noella made uh, a comment saying that she she felt that women looked at the big picture more than um, specific issues, and I found that interesting. I found that. Uh, not derogatory, but as a man, <laughs> I, found, I found it to be uh, an interesting, interesting way of looking at things because I, I did feel that when we met with Noella on the podcast that she seemed to have more of this kind of exasperated feeling of I'm just like I'm sick and tired of arguing about little things mm-hmm. and we can't debate big things, mm-hmm. you know. So I found it interesting that you made that comment in the media. So I, I don't know, like, what are your views on, on how, I guess, women would govern differently than men around the table? So I have kind of like an indigenous worldview in terms of um, men and women, right? Okay. Because you have to have that balance. You have to have that, you know, the men and the women. Um, and I think even further than that, we're probably going to see a lot of our um, LGBTQ people in the future looking to run for government, mm-hmm. which is great. So I don't, you know, when I, when I was running my campaign, and I'm going to go off track for a sec, I never focused on the fact that I'm female 
that I'm black, that I'm indigenous. Those were not things I brought up because I ran on, on things that I, that I have, my skills, abilities, and whatnot. So it's kind of strange for me now to be focusing, like we just had a women in politics session recently, and of course, you know, took the opportunity to be there. But I, it, it's not that it's uncomfortable for me, but I just, I have a different worldview in terms of men and women, and, and there's no disrespect there. It's just, we, we need each other, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't see it weird that women are in politics and, you know, it'd be nice if there was an equal amount, but at the same time, it, we're, the people who need to get the job done are there. Yeah, yeah, and, and I appreciate that because I think, Traditionally, definitely, there has been um, may, maybe an exclusion of a, cer- uh, of a certain demographic, and you mentioned that at, at the very beginning that you felt like council was lacking a voice from different demographics, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that has consistently gotten better over time, and we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I think some people might say we haven't made enough progress, and that's that's perfectly fine. But you know, the march of history just kind of you know history marches on, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I do think we're going in the right direction, but I, I can appreciate somebody who can look at this and say, "All right, now, you know, th- this moment in time is, a, is sort of allowing me to be in this in this position, and I'm not necessarily going to use it to to focus on myself and what's and what my identity brings to this table." Mm-hmm. Although not ignoring it, not exactly. ignoring the fact exactly. that this is this is something to highlight. The progress is something to highlight, so that we can continue. Yeah. But still bringing it back to the fact that now I'm here to help govern. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because I definitely think that this means so much for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. For the Black community, for any minority in in within our community, as well as women, Indigenous people, and it, very proud of who I am and where I've come from and my heritage, both sides. And I think that. You know, it, it isn't it isn't everything for for me. Um, really, about using things that I've learned along the way, my leadership skills to to further. And I'll definitely never forget who I am and where I came from. But um, you know, it's it's not the focus. You know, I, I won't be pounding my fist saying, you know, this is this is you know Indigenous rights or Black rights or whatnot. But where I need to speak for community, I definitely will. Yeah, yeah. No, I, and I, I I don't know. I like I, I find it. It, it, it's awesome to, to know that this is where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. And it's I, and I guess maybe anybody who's kind of seen any kind of progress at any time at any time in history probably has that same kind of feeling. So that's why it's hard to, to sit here and objectively say like, yeah, I feel so special to live in the time that I'm living. <laughs> Although I still feel you know as lucky as I do. I guess it's interesting because I ran on being male and white, and it brought a very different group out. I was, they were proud, but it was a. Uh, they, they really want to that was rally. a joke. It <laughs> was a joke. Anybody who's listening to the audio of this and is not looking at Jason's face. Oh, boy. Yeah, that, that's, well, I'm pretty good. That was, solid. that was a solid joke. That's funny. That, that is a solid joke. I can appreciate a joke. <laughs> that's why I lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> you kind of threw me off with your funniness, Jason. Uh, I did once in a while. Not many. Not very often. Well, you had a train of thought there. Keep going. <laughs> Did I have a train of thought? I don't know. It's gone now. Uh, yeah, it's gone now. But no, you mentioned that you, you felt that there were certain demographics that were underrepresented uh, underrepresented at council. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted you to speak a little bit more to that because uh, I do think it's important that we do have an understanding that some communities or, or some populations in Timmins aren't necessarily as visible uh, or on the political stage or... or in general, intend to kind of fly under the radar or fall through the cracks, probably a better expression. 
so I, if you can speak or elaborate a little bit more on that, I'd find that interesting. Yeah, so I think when I talk about demographics, I talk about a lot of different people who are not represented, right? So it, it could be culturally, could be more more importantly, socioeconomically, mm-hmm. right? Because I think when we're, when decisions are being made and, and people are impacted, but the people it impacts are not at the table, then that's really hurtful. So I think that was sort of my my decision to to run was, you know, are there people who I work with, you know, in the nonprofit sector who are impacted by a lot of decisions, taxes, like there's the list goes on and, um, you know, they're not being represented and visibly not seeing anyone of color ever at the table. Um, a lot of, there's been a lot of work towards in, indigenous reconciliation by far, but no, no seat at the table. And that's no, that's no fault of, of Timmins or, or, mm-hmm. you know, current people on council. It's, it's having the people like myself to actually run it and feel empowered to be able to run mm-hmm. in an election. Um, you know, and, and young voices and people who work, right? People who have kids, they're not there. So, you know, during my campaign, it was like, you know, you have kids, you're going to be too busy. And, and people were just, it was, it was interesting. People's thoughts on a lot que- of, oh. <laughs> but that's, that's interesting. And, and you know what? I, I was talking to my wife about that we were going to have this interview tonight. And she actually asked me to ask this specific question. Mm-hmm. Like if you found that it was going, or if you anticipated it was going to be challenging, to do something like this and have children at home. And I, I'm not sure you mentioned that your oldest is 12 years old, Yeah, yep, but uh, I'm not sure if you have younger children as well. Like 12 and well, seven. I guess you do, yeah. but yeah, yeah, she <laughs> brings up all oh, my eldest is 12. The youngest is also 12 too. <laughs> one has to be. It's just one child. One has to be younger than is 12 and the youngest is 12. Uh, Twins. But, <laughs> uh, but yes. Uh, so do you find that the time commitments of, of, uh, or do you anticipate that the time commitments are going to be difficult to manage? I don't think it's going to be difficult. So I've always held positions that kept me busy, right? So it's just about managing my time, knowing that I have supports in place. Before even running, I had to reach out to people and, and ask them, you know, if, if I'm successful, will you be able to assist me? Because it's not something you can just do on your own uh, without the, the help of others. And definitely speaking to my kids about, you know, I'm mm. probably going to be doing less of this and, you know, because I do coach my daughter's ring and I still continue to do that. And it's, it's just finding time for things that you need to. And when, and when I choose, when I chose my committees, I looked at when was the time, when, when, how often were we meeting, how long are the meetings, things mm-hmm. like that. So really, like I said, very analytical. Yeah, I don't just sort yeah. of throw my, throw my name in there and say, oh, shoot, you know, I don't want to have enough time now. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um, but no, I, I think it's important to have those discussions with your support and your family. So yeah, I have, I have two girls, 12 and seven, and you know, they, they were lugged around through the campaign. They're cheering me on. Got sick of seeing my face after a while. Literally told me that. Um, <laughs> on the signs <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Well, that's good, though, if they were seeing the signs everywhere. That, yeah. I mean, obviously, in the results. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've had positions where I was in a senior man- management position at a children's aid society. So I had two phones. I was on call. I had to find beds for kids all the time. So if, if a child was apprehended in the middle of the night, I had to make it work. Like I was always on it. And that to me was more of a job where it required me to be fully like right there. I had to be on all the time. Um, you know, it counsels the same way. However, I think some of the decisions um, are not necessarily in the moment, life and death at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hate to kind of use that comparison, but, um, you know, I definitely will be making time. And, and uh, people have already reached out. You know, it's kind of neat to be there to, 
to have people contact you and ask you, okay, you know, this is the situation I'm having and email and, you know, you follow up and it's, it's pretty cool. So one of the things that Michelle said when she came on, she said, right, already it started the engagement with the department heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that been going? How's that been? How's your experience been with the really good? Yeah. So we have like residents who will email or call at any time. So I'll just follow up to try to get some background information. You know, I, I don't know the full situation of um, at all times. So y- you email them, and they're they're very prompt. So I was I appreciate that because mm-hmm. then I'm not waiting, and then the residents are like, "Well, you never got back to me." So it's a very quick turnaround. Wow. Yeah, I, I really really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, and there's a chain of command, right? You know, you have your CAO and then your department head. So we always have to make sure we're following the right processes and not just you know going right to staff. But uh, yeah, it's a really good system in place. Yeah, because the only employee of council is the CAO. Right? Mm-hmm. So everything has to go through every request or, or question or anything has to be filtered through the CAO? Well, respectfully, it should be because, okay. you know, we can't necessarily, like, we're not the boss to department heads, mm-hmm. right? It just, it's, it's a respect thing, too. That's the process. Okay. But is that, is that the outline process, too? Like, are you rec- recommended to go through them every yeah. time? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I... Not I mean, every time, I think. So just for an example, so like one situation I'm working with, um, I contacted Dave and Dave said, okay, you know, this is the person you contact. And then we can sort of engage that way rather than including Dave and everything from then on out. Um, oh, so okay. so they it really, it really depends on how he tells you to proceed with the situation, the severity of it, you know, it, very okay. situational, like I said, right? <laughs> it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. If it's something uh, like uh, somebody didn't get their garbage picked up, it can probably just... Be directed I, I, directly to that per, to to the person yeah. who's responsible and can action it as quickly as possible, yeah. right? Rather than having to go through three yeah. different layers of and that'd be a lot of emails, yeah. a lot of emails. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, no, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of work involved, and uh, I I think it's uh, it's great that mm-hmm. you you volunteered your well, I don't want to say completely volunteered, but so, uh, volunteered your um, like I say your efforts. Towards uh, representing our city for the next yeah. <laughs> next four years. Yeah. So um, as far as that goes, we are rounding the hour mark right now. Ooh. So just uh, I, I always try to give a little uh, uh, a little checkpoint here because uh, we we've t- we've tended Time to flies, get into conversations. Though. Yeah, I know it it's crazy. Fast. It's yeah. crazy. And uh, we, we 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 told some people that we were going to start shorten shortening these things up to like under I guess three hours. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it, it, it worked out for maybe one of the past three episodes, so I don't well, know. Well, they've been decent. Like, we had the we attempted to do the election night one. Uh, that went a little over two, I believe. The election night one? Yeah, yeah we, but we, unfortunately, we, we, had some te- we had some technical difficulties with uh, YouTube Live and also the recording. Oh. So that just got scrapped. But that actually that was a good one. That was fun. Yeah we, yeah, we had a good time on that election night. We were watching all the results come in. But it that was, was a- painstaking. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? It, <laughs> yeah. you, you see, hour delay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There, there was it was a bit it was a bit painstaking. But in comparison, we had done one during the U.S. presidential election, yeah. Yeah. and that one there was probably four and a half hours. Oh, long. Okay, yeah. and we sat there with our friend John, and <laughs> progressively just got. <laughs> got drunker and drunker because it was the kind of it, it was the election where they just wouldn't call it no none of the places yeah. would call would call it for trump so we were sitting there like all right when when are they going to call this and by the end i think it was like something like two in the morning when we, when we decided to just say that's it we're we're done but we were like we were, it. we were pretty upset because it looked like they're like it looks like trump might win and we're like oh 
and like we had yeah. nothing to say. We we're all like, "Are you kidding me?" So it, it actually got like somber and sad by the oh, end gosh. too. We we're like, "Well, we just have another drink." Yeah, that was a rough one. Yeah, and and we were chatting with with people online yeah. again. The engagement we get from our audience, and they would uh, they'd send, they were sending us kind of taunting messages to stay on. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we gotta stay stay awake. We're having a party oh, here. Gosh. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah, and election night was very interesting, though. I must say, like, I did not want to be around too many people because I thought, you know, I I had uh, anticipated that I would be between fifth and eighth, and that was my okay. my my I guess assumption that that's where I would your analysis. Yeah, <laughs> that that's where I would end up. And uh, so at home, we we each had a piece of paper, and we you know who's going to be the mayor yeah. and who's going to be uh, Ward Five, and it was fun, but. Uh, yeah, I, I saw the numbers coming through, and I'm like, what? what? <laughs> and I then the people, most votes? people are, like, calling me because the, the polls are dropping, right? But not all of them had dropped. And yeah. my mom's like, she busts in the house, and she's like, you won. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> They're not all dropping yet. Cause and I you, like, won one. <laughs> like, and I was still in shock days uh, later I because I, I was just blown away. Like, I didn't expect people to be paying attention. I didn't expect that much support. Like, it was... It was insane. You know, well, if there was an election to to run in, it was this one Mm -hmm. because people were definitely paying attention. Like, am I? And again, Jay, you're going to be my facts guy on this one. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Was turnout high (laughs) in this election? It was. eh? It was higher. It was was higher than normally. Because uh, we we've had some like bad turnout uh, in bad turnout in the past, but I think again the social media just oh yeah. Made, made things it uh, absolutely did I had to be on all the time which was uncomfortable for me sort of like a private person not necessarily always on social media yeah. like I have my Facebook page and I'm I had to learn a lot of things how to operate a website my Facebook page uh, Instagram really had to figure all that out yeah okay so it was it was good I mean I didn't engage in anything that didn't need engaging in but at the same time people you know they they had comments but not necessarily anything that was no there wasn't negative. anything overly negative. It was no. Just, I, I was expecting the worst. I always prepare for yeah. the absolute worst because you never know, right? Being someone who's uh, a minority, I, that's people always attack the first thing they see. Mm-hmm. So I, I was very grateful that people kept it classy with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciated that. So that's that's good. And and I really because I know that over the past term we've had as, as a community we've had some uncomfortable more moments when it comes to things like race relations. Mm-hmm. And that. Like we had the. Uh, from the Ontario Human Rights Commission, what was her name? It came to town and said there was a systematic oh, racism. Oh, there was. And, uh, I can't remember the name. People lost their minds online. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, you felt like people really felt like they were being attacked. And I don't know. I feel like that term's become so like so toxic. But it it is indicative. And and I think if people really reflect, like people who've lived here for a long time really reflect, they, they can identify clear situations mm-hmm. where they're probably not dealing with somebody who's committed to racism, but subtle instances oh, of racism oh, yeah. are just very frequent. Mm-hmm. It's not, and you don't have to look far, and it's not something that, you know, people necessarily need to feel shame about. It's more recognizing exactly. and correcting, right? Or, or yeah. at the very least, recognizing and not repeating. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. I think when it doesn't happen to you, you don't see it, right? So yeah. I think that that was probably one of the things that was brought out. But, um, you know, we're, we're definitely making a lot of progress, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, from from where I see things. So it can only get better. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because I, I, I think there's also the other side of the coin where it seems like 
some people feel like we've made no progress at all. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't or know. Or some people think we're making too much progress that is backing them up for some reason. Well, and that's reason. just it. We talked about that during one of the city council, I guess, not really in a meeting. It was just a discussion about, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to engage in smudging and those types of things, which we do in my workplace, and it's, it's well accepted. But you have to factor in a lot of things, and I, I participate in smudging, and I definitely believe in it. But health and safety is is kind of like number one right now, right? So mm-hmm. how do we how do we work in a way that we're respecting people's health and safety, as well as pe- respecting people's religious and, and cultural practices? So it, okay, it's maybe really... I'm not familiar enough with smudging. Oh, to know smudging? Yeah, no, no you ever been part? Okay, I've actually never been part of it. It's very very. I just, like I've I've been part of it just a couple and being someone who's not, I don't believe from any indigenous indigenous background that I know of. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some. Been, we've been here since 1650s, I'm assuming, or some, <laughs> something. But, sure. uh, I feel like I'm, I'm going to have to come back and do a whole Indigenous no, session yeah, with you. No, no, that would be great. <laughs> but like, be an awesome podcast. i got to say, I, when I, uh, the, the two or three smudging ceremonies I've been in, I've actually really enjoyed it. It's yeah. very, I don't know, it's, okay. it's almost moving. But now I'm wondering about the health and safety impacts. Oh, it, so, so smudging, you, you're burning sage, right? Okay. So you're burning sage. So some people have sensitivities to the smoke, to the medicine. Oh, yeah. So that's, gotcha. that's definitely something you have to kind of keep in mind. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I guess like uh, the whole idea of scent-free workplaces and that exactly that kind of yeah smoke-free right yeah sm- well yeah definitely yeah yeah so and, okay. and within the indigenous community we find ways to work around that sometimes too or or have systems in place that support it but mm-hmm. not necessarily put people in jeopardy no okay. yeah oh. there's always well, a there's always every day yeah <laughs> i'm surprised <laughs> you've never been at one no 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 i'm no. i'm french and irish jay uh it's uh Definitely. Uh, that, uh, yeah. I want to make fun of it somehow, but I got nothing right now. He, 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 we were talking about racism, and he's, he's going to call me some some kind of Irish slur. So no, that's fine. <laughs> no, um, I, I I do find it great that that we we've made this progress, and we're sort of working towards uh, rectifying some of these uh, these. Uh, systematic issues i guess but it's even that word systematic kind of bothers me because it implies that like the the government itself is sort of um set up to make people fail right mm-hmm. or, or to, to make people disadvantaged and, and i think that's why a lot of indigenous people don't necessarily participate in 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 politics and voting and mm-hmm. elections and i heard that through out some people during my campaign because i definitely wanted to have my fellow people you know supporting me and you know, I come from a demographic who women couldn't vote, black people couldn't vote, and indigenous people couldn't vote, you know, mm-hmm. up until a certain point in time. Um, so I think it's important now to be in this position where a lot of people felt they couldn't be involved in politics. But now, you know, I feel like we're kind of slowly making those steps. Um, you know, and it's hard for people to realize, like, the impacts of that when it's never really impacted anybody in your background like I find this idea of it and we talked about this on the podcast before like intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. like the the idea that yeah some people will just look at it and say look at maybe somebody who's from a dis- disadvantaged group and say well why can't like why can't people just get their act together mm-hmm. or why can't you know they just make those decisions and it's like you don't you're not acknowledging everything that has made you the person you are today absolutely right? you know if you if you didn't have the parents you had if you don't if your parents didn't have the parents they had you know and, yeah and those parents didn't have the experiences that they had you wouldn't be necessarily the person you are today everybody likes to think of themselves as a self-made person mm-hmm. and, and doesn't necessarily want to acknowledge and i think 
however clumsily, that's what we're what people are trying to refer to when they talk about privilege. And is is just like what has made led to who you are today? Yeah. And it's uh, it's it's difficult for people to swallow that because everybody likes to think that they're the, they made themselves and there's nothing else that's influenced <laughs> and and really like we we have to kind of give our head a shake and, and realize just how much how little control we've had over uh, where we are today. So absolutely, and I think even just being able to run in politics, there's been a lot of people who influenced my life for me mm-hmm. to be here. It wasn't something I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm good enough and I did this on my own and I'm going for it. Yeah. You know, there's little things that happen, situations I've been in, conversations I've had that sort of led up to this certain point. Yeah, no, that's, uh, it, it, it's awesome to kind of see that, that acknowledgement and people starting to think, but uh, obviously still a long ways to go. <laughs> so Corey was talking a bit about, you know, uh, generational type of like, or, you know, intergenerational you know, abuses or trauma. Uh, so I, I was going to write down just in case Corey doesn't keep talking. I'm like, okay, well, I'll at least ask this, but he gave me a time to say something. He's been talking a lot this podcast. Sorry. What does that Regardless. say over there? Let me talk. Is that what it says? It's like, shut, shut up. up. Shut up. So, shut um, up, McGee. So there was something I just it was recently in the news, and I'm, I'm sure you you saw it or, or you maybe looked or you maybe seen it in passing. Uh, you might not have a, a specific uh, opinion on it, but uh, I'm not sure if you heard about the councillor in, in Thunder Bay who won the election uh, is of Indigenous uh, I descent. Was, was it hers? I thought it was Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. It might have been hers. Right. You might be right. This is how up on the news I am. I've been trying to spend less time on social <laughs> you might be right. media. So, so yeah, who did not take, uh, would not take the oath office because it, yeah. it was swear allegiance to the queen. Uh, being someone who is from indigenous uh, background, uh, you know, obviously, I guess you did, you, you did t- take the oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not asking you to justify why or not, but do you, do you see that being a a not just a valid issue, but something that's going to have to be addressed in the future? Absolutely. So that. Was so I want to debate this afterwards. Yeah, so it was something. Going. It was something that I thought about because, you know, I do a lot of Indigenous teachings, and I know that I've heard stories from people who've attended residential school, mm-hmm. and I've heard stories about the Queen, and I've I've heard a lot of stories, and I think I had to sort of sit with myself and say, am I am I going to now continue and 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 take that oath, um, and then have what I've worked towards sort of being being kind of jeopardized, and mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, or or am I not going to take the oath and just hope that everything sort of works out and then I'm that angry person who never got in? I And, and those are my words completely. And I think, you know, I, I apologize if I offend anyone, but that that's that's definitely where I, I had to come from because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm more than Indigenous, right? Mm-hmm. So, I you know, my father's Jamaican and I really thought this is my moment and I'm not willing to give it up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so there's there's things that you you have to sacrifice in life. It doesn't mean that I completely and wholehearted agree with it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I took that oath, and I know that I will have the ability to follow that that through. Mm-hmm. So I 100 percent agree with everything you said. Uh, I find the, the difficulties though is that you know being now a quote unquote member of of government mm-hmm. you, you, or you are government. Uh, the government in this country is the crown, mm-hmm. such as but. So my argument would just be, I don't think we really need the crown period, so why, right, why not eliminate it? But it's how do you, you, know, how do you justify, like for that individual, he, does, he wants to be part of the crown, mm-hmm. but doesn't want to swear allegiance to the crown, which is kind of like, you know, kind of tough. I understand there are laws for people who, who go and work for crown corporations mm-hmm. or uh, the public sector who can take swear allegiance to the people or to the province or mm-hmm. to the country, but not to the crown yeah. because of these historical problems but unfortunately when you are the crown 
how do you how do you how, how do you how do you the, like separate yourself well, and i find that's just a difficult the, difficult thing to the unfortunate thing too is it wasn't considered prior to you know like you're you're already elected and it's like oh shoot now i have to make this decision mm-hmm. right so it was not even something that that i had considered beforehand mm-hmm. so even when it came up i was like okay i really need to to think this through yeah. and i know that you know not everyone's going to agree with my decision but at the same time in the next four years not everyone's going to agree with decisions that i make mm-hmm. but i have to be confident that i've thought it through mm-hmm. and that it's the right thing thing for me and and for the residents of Timmins. yeah and I, and i think uh the the way that you described that initially i, I thought was really good because mm-hmm. like like you say it's you have to make a decision right then and there, right? Are you going to do this and still and allow yourself to be in a position, like you say, this is my time, this is my moment, mm-hmm. uh, that you can be in a position where you can affect real change for real people, or are you going to engage in the symbolic gesture of not doing this and hoping it works out or, or yeah. uh, taking the possibility that it might not work out? Mm-hmm. And you may, you may find yourself just being that person who did a symbolic gesture right We're both of which have um have their merits mm-hmm. right like it's symbolic gestures are huge right they have the potential to be huge but there's also probably so many that just kind of come and go and then yeah. people pay attention to them especially today you know with our social media brains that we pay attention to them for a week and then the news the news cycle absolutely rotate something else into yep. our minds and yeah. it would be forgotten so the impact mm-hmm. wouldn't be there and i was looking more at being impactful yeah and i'm not saying that he's not going to be impactful at all but i just think for me that's the choice that i made oh, that's, oh i like the answer don't worry yeah, i like the answer. <laughs> i'm not gonna fight you on that that's for sure <laughs> i hope you wouldn't fight a guest yeah i i mean we could we could probably arrange an actual <laughs> boxing match? Yeah, an actual boxing yeah. match. We I might lose. We watched oh, the, the McGregor and we did. Mayweather fight, and that, that was a live podcast. That was fun. It was. Our podcast used to be a lot less. You guys should have a live audience. I think this would be like. <laughs> but the people who would show up oh, would not help. They would not <laughs> help. <laughs> the, the people we know. We know exactly the people who would show up, and all they would try to do is distract us. The, I think it was the third podcast that we had. We were in. Um, in my basement and my parents came down and decided to just come around and say my mom just came came around my dad grabbed the mic and said what's going on here <laughs> did they what know you were doing? taping yeah. Oh, yeah oh yeah they knew and we left it in too so I said yeah dad you've been on the beer and bullshit podcast <laughs> <laughs> no we would have guys like you know daily and stuff who would uh who was oh, they'd track. come out. Yeah, oh, yeah, they'd be come bad. out and be bad. they'd heckle us <laughs> yeah. from the crowd, yeah. try to distract us from our serious line of questioning. It's very important that we get to the serious matters at hand. Well, my friends, I don't know how you feel about uh, how we're doing for, for time here, Jason. It's up to you. But um, I don't know. How are you feeling? Do you, would you like to continue chit-chatting with us? Or are you <laughs> I like to chit-chat, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, I, we, what what else do do you feel is important for us to talk about here? Because ultimately, you know, this is your platform, right? We we have uh, well, I mean, I guess it's our channel, our YouTube channel. But <laughs> Just take over. This is your plan. This is your takeover for tonight. So uh, so tell uh, talk to us a little bit more about what you hope to accomplish in the next four years with the city of Timmins. Huge question. Yeah, huge question. <laughs> Don't for mess sure. it up. <laughs> I got asked this last week too at the at the. Um, Women in politics. Oh, and by my real journalists? <laughs> but like, technically, aren't you not in politics yet? You're like you're only in politics once you start your first council, no? Tomorrow. We had a 
our first council meeting when we got sworn in? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I guess Come I on count. now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You can discount you're that. Right. You're right. That was like the most important one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. She's downplaying uh, this already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, sorry. I cut you off. I apologize. <laughs> That's usually what I do. I just cut people off and say whatever I want to say. Jeez. Before you go and say that. <laughs> no. Um, what, what do you think is going gonna, is gonna to be important and what do you hope to accomplish? What I hope to accomplish is really having people engaged in community. And I said that all along. And it, it's really more about people feeling that city council is not just doing their own thing behind closed doors right and decisions are not being made on our own really knowing what's happening in the community being involved that's that's and i it might sound pie in the sky to people but i really believe that's where we need to head because if, if people in the community are feeling happy healthy involved then they'll really strive to want to do more you know it, it increases their self-esteem and their self-worth and they're wanting to contribute to the community just it, it impacts so much um i definitely think that Economic development is, is something that I'm sort of, you know, thinking about as I sit on this, this committee in the upcoming, I guess, weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there, there's a lot that needs to be accomplished, but really honing in on, you know, where, where I need to find myself in everything. Because I was telling uh, our, mayor, our mayor that initially I had like eight committees I wanted to sit on and I thought, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it all. I want to save the world. Uh, <laughs> this goes back to the time commitment section. Yeah. Ambitious. Section of this yeah. here. So after I looking at the schedule and figure yeah. out when the meetings are happening or whatnot, I had to look at, you know, do I want to be impactful or do I want to just kind of spread myself too thin? So really knowing that because I work in the healthcare field, you know, Porcupine Health Unit is definitely a fit. I'm already sort of dabbling in that already. Violence Against Women. I'm already in that sector. I already sat on that committee prior to this this uh, you know journey as as a counselor, um, Indigenous Advisory Council. Just it's a mm-hmm. it's a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, audit committee was something that I had not considered, but George said you know it's it's great to build up your skill set. So I thought that was good that he picked up on you know where he saw us fitting in, and not necessarily like I want to do this, this, and this. You know, he he was he respected our opinions, but also kind of gave insight into where he huh. he sort of saw us fitting yes. in. Very, very smart man. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, we hope to have him on the podcast at some point, but uh, I don't know. We had his, uh, whatever, who, Steve that was running against him on the. Yeah, that was before the election. <laughs> oh, much before the election. Long yeah, before yeah, the election. Yeah. So I don't know if he views us. Uh, I think we gave him a fair shake throughout the campaign. I think we were. Uh, hey, I'll take anyone on, on the show. <laughs> That's right. If we didn't give him a fair shake. Yeah, even the people we didn't. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a lot of listening that needs to be done. There's a lot of engagement and involvement and just really looking at things you know what are our finances look like really mm-hmm. and you know where do we see ourselves what are our goals and what does the community want because there is a whole not a whole new council but a lot of us are, are new mm-hmm. newly elected right so i think taking time to really consider those things and what where is each committee right now you know dsab where which is another committee that i'll be sitting on you know where where are they and and how can we contribute and, and you know the connecting link is another big one mm-hmm. we definitely need to kind of rally the government you know that was just downloaded to us mm-hmm. a huge portion of it so what does that look like and you know george and i sat together and looked at the cost for the next like quite a few years and i was shocked mm-hmm. so really opened my eyes to a lot of things <laughs> you don't realize just how much money you're dealing with right and I, and i think that was one of the the comments that we've had on the podcast before is that it's easy for people to kind of look at amounts and it, like when amounts come to to 
uh, council for approval, right? Mm-hmm. Like $60 million or whatever mm-hmm. uh, amount needs to be to build an aquatic center or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And to look at that and say that's an absolute fortune, that's insane. I like I, People can't fathom that as part of their kitchen table discussions about how to balance the family budget. Mm-hmm. But realizing just how large of an operation the city of Timmins actually is and understanding what the totality of that budget is. Mm-hmm. So we, that kind of ties back into your first point where you mentioned um, community engagement, right? And having people under, um, people engage in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think up to this point, we, we have had people engage. I just don't necessarily know that it's been a constructive engagement. That's a good I, point. I think that if something came out of the next four years, personally, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I w- it would be great to see at the next election just, m- I won't say more constructive discussion, less destructive construction yeah. <laughs> would be would be great. Uh, I mean, destructive I'll, I'll keep, discussion. Uh, th- did I say dis- destructive <laughs> construction? <laughs> yes, that, that's like that's really, my new business. You're really prepping for the next yeah, four years. Right. No, 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 no. I am. I am. Uh, be, because destruction. Some, because <laughs> destruction. <laughs> destruction. Construction. Con- destruction. Discussion. Anyways, uh, so what I mean by that is that it's four years from now. How do you measure the success of something like um, community engagement or the? the idea of transparency with the community and, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that you've got a community that is behind you because I think that's the ever kind of elusive problem of any politics mm-hmm. is what, how do you measure the success of that? You, do, you look, do you look at Facebook, <laughs> Facebook discussion and do you say, all right, now it's a little less poisonous than it was four <laughs> years ago, so we've made an improvement. Do you look at it in economic terms in the, in the sense that, like, all right, we've been a successful council, we've been able to, to lobby um, upper levels of government and had all this initiative move forward, this initiative, this initiative, which I think traditionally is the way that, thi- mm-hmm. that councils have been evaluated on their merit, or do you look at it in some other way now, you know? I definitely think that you can't really measure it based on the social media kind of joke that you'd made. Um, <laughs> we'll just have a poll running for the next yeah, four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, uh, what is it? Uh, Norm Edwards there on uh, Timmins, Timmins Ontario page. He's going to put another poll or another Camp Pie Very poll. Chilly. there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get to decide, is Timmins doing good? Yes or no? <laughs> but I, I really think that, you know, our it really stems from our website, the, the city of Timmins website, because if you're going on there and you're looking for things that are happening in community or, or, you know, things that are just, uh, new businesses that are coming to town, you can't really find them there. It's very disconnected. So you're feeling like, you know, where do I find this bylaw? Where do I find this? And what's going on in the city? And you're just, there's, there's nothing. So as I, I, I ran, I kind of thought, okay, if, if I was moving to Timmins, what would this look like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and picked apart the website, which I definitely have a lot of uh, oh. constructive criticism about. But 
I also looked at some of the incumbents and, and what have they done? What are what are their positions right now in order for them to get back in? Um, just kind of that thought sat with me because, you know, if I decide to run again in four years, if I'm successful, you know, it's going to look like a very different campaign because I'm a newbie now. So people are going to want to know, what did you do for those four years while you were on council? Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to sit back and question it. I want it to be an ongoing sort of, okay, this is what happened in our community. This is what's been moving forward. So I don't think there's any sort of pencil check mark um, that you can say okay this is this is how we can evaluate whether there's been social community engagement more or less having people really involved and and i guess there's no answer for me because we have to really go through that process to find more of a feeling yeah is there a way to keep people uh kind of updated on things that are happening because like you know if you know we can argue and like you're you're gonna be on the tdc board and you know we have friends who've who've worked there and you know from there and you know and uh it's easy to say well you know the tdc brought this many jobs to timmins mm-hmm. this year it's like or this many businesses came to timmins to this year you know so we did well it's like well would that company have come to timmins regardless of the tdc regardless of the efforts of council, regardless of what, because of just the natural area it is, you know, mm-hmm. like because we have the ore on the ground, you know, or whatever else, mm-hmm. or because we're just the hub between all these other smaller communities. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you separate that aspect, but also how do you keep people updated on you know actual initiatives done that were like the only reason why people or businesses or people came to Timmins or or this or this project got done were because of these steps taken by council mm-hmm. and whatever committees off from that. That's a really good point. And I noticed that when I went on the website the first time and I tried to see what committees actually existed and I didn't see them attached to councillors' names. So I thought, what are these councillors doing? Like, that was my thought. And it's no disrespect, but I was like, what, what, uh, like what, what impact are they making, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even know what committees exist. So I think we're moving in a direction where that's going to now be changed. So slow, like little changes like that are going to come, but I definitely think it's really important to engage people like yourselves when you're saying, okay, you know, Timmins, did that business come here because it was Timmins or were they planning mm-hmm. on just going anywhere and they just, you know, this they was the decided. first spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's, I think that's important to share and engage with people like yourself who are kind of questioning, okay, so what about this mm-hmm. and, and getting those questions answered? Yeah. Cause I think you're, especially again today with the social media engagement, it's, it's just, you're getting people's voices and questions that you wouldn't have previously got before this, this kind of um, uh, service was available where people could just instantly communicate. Right. And, and there's obviously some pros and cons to that, but I, I think, uh, you know, I, I appreciated our past mayor's willingness to engage on social media mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, residents, but um, I, we had him on the podcast and we told him, "You need to stop like getting in fights with people." And he said it. He said it on the podcast. He's like, "You know what? You guys are right. We're gonna like I'm gonna stop doing that." And then mm-hmm. a few weeks later, yeah, he just couldn't. <laughs> but but, it, but it's hard though. Yeah. You know, it's hard on like. At, on a human level, it's hard to to avoid getting into those holes because, and especially as a politician, right? Us, if somebody writes a nasty comment about us on on Facebook, we can just ignore it. We're not, we don't feel as though we're accountable to mm-hmm. people online. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be that sense that should, even if somebody writes something that you know is just completely irrational mm-hmm. and, and wrong, and you know it's going to be just a black hole of ridiculousness right like what 
you, you've got to still feel that need to engage with that person because they're a, c- a citizen. But there's a difference from a feeling and an act, right? Because even when, if someone says something to you, you just hit them because they ticked you <laughs> off, right? You, you, might feel like, you might feel like you want to, <laughs> but you don't. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's important to know that, you know, this is how I'm feeling and I'm not going to act on it, right? Because yeah. we're going to end up in the same situation we had previously. <laughs> <laughs> well... On that note, I think that's uh, that's that's good to know. That's good to know, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We we just did an hour and a half. There you go. Oh Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Let's just fly by. There you go. Did right. Been on the beer and bullshit <laughs> podcast. But. Well, thank you so much for coming to join us thank tonight. You for we having really appreciate me. it. Uh, thank, you. thank you very much, Jason. Um, I know that you are aching to give us a quote about beer here. Tonight. I found one. You I actually remember. So I, Jason's like, supposed to be the guy so, that gives us words of wisdom. Yeah, okay. supposed to be a, a, I try to do a, a quote, usually revolving around beer somehow. Uh, and for the last, I don't know how many, just keep forgetting. So, <laughs> today I'm simply, oh, I'm going to find one. But before, before you go on with your words of wisdom, yeah. is there anywhere where people sure. uh, can find you online, uh, where they can reach you if they need to speak with you uh, as a citizen of Timmins or I guess anywhere else now, now that we're going to put Ooh. this on YouTube and uh, there's going to be people from In all over case, the world. In that case, no. no. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not teasing. Uh, she lives here and you can call her at this number. And no, so on the city website, we'll have our bios and our contact information there as well. But I do have a Facebook page, which I encourage people to follow. Uh, not my personal page, but my, my actual Facebook page. So it's uh, Kristen Murray, City Councilor Timmins, Ward 5. So yeah, that's uh, where I can... I, I, I usually like to keep people engaged with what's happening in the community. So I always keep it updated. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. We really appreciate Thank the discussion. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, Jason, Take it what away. are your words of wisdom? <laughs> so this one comes from uh, Mr. Billy Carter, uh, President Carter's younger brother. <laughs> He had a younger brother. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he actually ran for uh, mayor of uh, uh, a city in Georgia. Can't remember the city name now for some reason. But anyways, he ran for that, and also was he was the he was the farmer. He was still the peanut. Oh, he was a peanut farmer when. uh, So uh, the quote is: "There's no such thing as bad beer. It's just that some beers taste better than others." (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Yeah, we're empty now. All right. Thanks so much. (laughs) 